welcome to uh, episode five of season. I, I don't know why I number them. Like we never used to do that. Welcome to the latest episode of Cinco. Season, yeah. uh, remember that dude? Uh, what was it? Chad Ocho Cinco. Yeah. The, yeah. Chad Johnson. That was. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. my favorite part is he was number eighty-five, and Ocho Cinco is not eighty-five. That's, I mean, that's what makes it perfect. Like, it would suck if not. Anyway, uh, season yeah, uh, episode five, season two, we've been had, which is now a song by song walk through the songs of Saint Vincent. I am Keith Pilly, and I'm Lyle Pilly. God, this would be a very different show if that were the case. I am actually sadly not Lyle Pilly. I am Chad Cook. Um, okay, tonight we are going to close out the album Actor, which uh, I hate to say it, and I don't want to give away too much of the show here, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of glad. Like, it'll be good to move on. Yeah, I think like a lot of nascent albums, it, it sort of gives you a taste of what's to come, but gives you a taste of what you don't want to see coming as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm, we will, oh, we'll be getting back to that. Yeah. So this is sort of St. Vincent adjacent, but did you catch uh, David Byrne on SNL? I didn't. Everyone said it was really good. Pretty impressive. Like, that guy's got to be pushing 70. I loved him in the John Mulaney kids special. He, uh, yeah, he was, he even did, a, he did two songs and he did a skit. David Byrne is all right. Yeah, they have this like musical dedicated to LaGuardia Airport, which was <laughs> was pretty excellent. But at the end, he sang uh, "Road to Nowhere." Okay. Uh, he did the whole thing barefoot too, which it's a little weird, but he's he's something. You know, if he doesn't mind some athlete's foot. Yeah, the whole band is barefoot too. Okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, you don't get just straightforward with David Byrne, right? No. Like, You've seen Stop Making Sense. Like yeah. this is a, this is a guy who has a plan for his aesthetic. <laughs> Very much so. That uh, yeah. And also released an album with Saint Vincent, which yeah. is why it's Saint Vincent adjacent. Yes, um, and I guess at some point, I mean, like I don't think we're going to cover that album, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. See how it goes. I mean, that's that's uh that would be a new paradigm for us if we start doing the the one-offs yeah plus at that point if we include another album we're we might be setting ourselves up to take so long that she will have released another album that's right yeah, it's we... like a perpetual motion machine oh uh, never run out of material that's right. shout out to alice shrugged <laughs> there's a perpetual motion machine in that book right? damn right there yeah, is you can't make capitalism work without that's... physically impossible devices <laughs> I, yeah, I love the point she's making. Um, anyway, the songs we're covering tonight. Uh, just the same, but brand new, and the sequel. Um, you know, if we're doing kind of grab bag observations, I, I had one to throw in that, that's also like yeah. kind of show adjacent. So I follow Annie Clark on Instagram now. Um, you know, just I had this like. Same. As Annie Clark or as St. Vincent? I think it's as St. Vincent. Um, but she doesn't really differentiate on, on, on the gram. Um, but her presence there, like it really drives home to me how different an artistic persona we're covering now, as opposed to when we spent all that time talking about Jay Farrar and Jeff Tweedy, 
It's like for a while she was doing sponsored posts for, I don't know how you pronounce this, like Vouve Clicquot or whoever, you know, the, the, the champagne. Ooh. She was like their spokes artist for a while. And, uh, you know, earlier this week she was uh, announcing that she's designed a line of women's exercise wear um, that she's putting out with some company. She's in the athleisure game? She is. Wow. Um, and, you know, so on one level, it was kind of biographically interesting because in the post, she's talking about how, like, everyone thinks she's an artist, but you don't understand that she was, you know, she's been an, she was an athletic kid when she was growing up and she's, you know, exercise has always been important to her. You know, like, that's legit pretty interesting. Um, and, like, good for her for doing, you know, for just having other things. But, like, it is a very big, it's a different headspace from Jay Farrar, you know, like, Jay Farrar's exercise wear would have been like one of those old timey union suits with like the <laughs> ass flap. What do you think Jay Farrar would be? What sponsored post do you think he? I mean, it would have to be musical equipment, right? Yeah, like, like or jeans. I don't know what else. Or, yeah. Like Dickies. <laughs> well, so we know Tweety quit drinking. I don't know if Farrar ever did. So I, like, don't, I, I don't know if he did or not because I. I been a long time since i've seen him perform yeah i could see him getting like a you know a maker's mark sponsorship that might be too highbrow true maybe like some like cheap canadian blended whiskey i always remember in he's your windsor guy (laughs) do they advertise i don't know i i I know they used to at least I so I remember on my CD version of No Depression, there was like an internal. There was a picture on the inside that showed Tweedy and Farrar in their apartment, and one of them was holding a Hardee's Big Moose 32 ounce cup that I recognized from going to Hardee's. Uh, you know, and that that always stuck with me. So I guess he has de facto been a Hardee's spokesman, you know, since 1990. That's that's a tough uh, tough hill to mine. Yeah. You got to be the guy that goes to bat for Hardee's. <laughs> Guys, if you want an adequate burger, <laughs> technically adequate. Yeah, uh, I think with Hardee's, you're you're just hoping for proficient. Man, like I cooked. Yeah, I don't know. It's like Wendy's without the frosty. Oh like, God, no Wendy's at least. It, it's way inferior to Wendy's. Like, yeah, that's true. Wendy's at least gives you like, shot. that's right. We respect Wendy's in this house. I don't know anything else in the the general grab bag before we. Yeah, I mean, do you think? I guess not to not to probe too deeply into this Instagram thing, but yeah, do you think female artists take more shit for what they endorse than male artists? Oh, absolutely, for sure. Because it's like nobody. I guess I've never heard anybody bitching about Mick Jagger doing a Budweiser tour. Yeah, and and that's the idea. I mean, like, I can, I read a thing about this, that, like, the defense for that is supposedly that the Stones never made any money in their heyday, that it was all so badly managed that, like, they would do tours and just, Yeah, but know. they're still touring. <laughs> right. And like... it, it supposedly, like, since they switched over to having Budweiser support them, now they're finally making money. And, like, who gives a shit? It just seems like, it does seem like there's this, and maybe it's because St. Vincent's music is is more 
is deemed more art rock than that there's this like it's almost like like a punk rock vibe where like you're selling out if you make any money at all like yeah if you're not if you're not living for your art you're some kind of well and that's an interesting thing because she definitely does not I, you know I, I always feel cheap bringing Bowie in again and again but she seems to inhabit the same kind of space he did where like He's like, yes, I'm making, you know, capital A art with music, but if I can make a buck on the side, I will do it because why wouldn't I do it? And in some ways, like, it's less of a big deal. Like, like the Stones look stupid having sponsors because they're so like, oi, fuck authority, street fighting man. And, you know, but like, if you don't incorporate that, that into your persona, then... Plus, you know, in this specific, like, like the Vuv Clicquot thing is is very like, you know, to me that that's that's a little like like I, I don't begrudge, but I do look at that and I'm like, wow, you roll in a different world. Hey, the, they want to pay me to drink just truly whatever that shit is, the like alcoholic soda water. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. I don't feel like that diminishes me one bit. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's more like the the class thing is the, the part that you know, like like it's not just a champagne. I don't know, and like I, again, not giving her shit. I'm just like, wow, that's you know, you're 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 being paid to drink something that I couldn't afford to pay to drink. Um, the clothesline thing I actually think is pretty. That's a pretty cool thing to to be in this position where like you can make something you care about, you know, because you have this elevated platform. That that's kind of neat. Yeah, I don't begrudge people for for trying to find a side hustle. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's annoying. Like, you know, like Gwyneth Paltrow annoys me. But... I, I think she has crossed a line. Like, at first, I didn't really have a beef. I think at this point, she's like actively harming society and people. And that's weird how she's like turned into with, like... With her acting or just with... The combination with, of the acting and the... the just with the goops. Yeah. yeah, the acting is fine. But her new position as like the Alex Jones of people with money. I don't know. It's it's unsettling. Who's the Alex Jones of people without money? Alex, Alex Jones? Jones. <laughs> Between the two of them, they have the waterfront covered. You're like a down market Alex Jones. Oh, God. That is... That would be a... That's a harsh... Be a bad place to be. Oh, uh, so just you know like bringing us to the, the song yeah so like just the same brand new sounds like to me like sounds like a song title that like wilco would come up with yeah you know like kind of this like clever sort of like self-aware yeah yeah i think you're right i uh so with these two songs with both of them I went to the gym over lunch today and, you know, went running and I was like, well, I'll listen to these two songs, refresh them in my head before I go home and write my notes. And these two songs, not good running pump up songs. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing here. So, I mean, when you run, you're not looking. So for for my notes, I say that, that the song has like an ethereal and then I crossed out ethereal and wrote haunted amusement park ride quality. Yeah. Until the end, until like the drums kick in. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's not what I'm looking for for an exercise song. No. So, ironically, you know, if she's now in the exercise wear game, 
her early work you know, does not reflect that. I yeah, like I, I think you described the opening of this song pretty well. It's just like one more on this album of like quiet and mannered and you know, there's like this kind of mechanical sounding guitar part in the background, but I don't know, it, it's it's not very prominent, it's not doing that much. The thing that hit me, and I don't remember which song this was, but our last time we talked about um, that Flaming Lips song, A Spoonful Weighs a Ton, and how, you know, it's like quiet, and then yeah. boom, the drums come in. And whatever song we were talking about that for, like, that's this song too. That's exactly this song too, just with the difference that it takes three minutes for the drums to kick in. And I, that... I don't know, but I, I don't love that. Like, when the drums kick in, it's awesome. But the three-minute wait, like, kind of, it goes beyond being a build-up to being, like, I don't know. Yeah, and it, it, it just, I do like what she does with some of the, like, tempo accents. Like, the way she pronounces Avenue, um, where she's, like, Avenue. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I know I'm, I'm a sucker for that stuff because I, I just like the when people mess around with the pronunciation of things to, to make it work. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to get your take on some of the lyrics. Oh, I guess just, just maybe backing up. What do you think is going on in the song? I have no idea. I, this isn't, I had the same problem here where just the music, I, I can't find a way into the lyrics, I guess. Cause like, I'm just so not engaged by the music, which, which is, terrible and like you know i feel shitty saying it but like i don't know what's going on I... did you do the same thing i did we're like second avenue we have a second avenue yeah. in minneapolis <laughs> well that so, as does every city in america yeah i so i did hear that and got you know i assumed you know because so like later on she sings a lot about new york and like the experience of living in new york and i heard that thinking like well okay is this going to be like a new york song and I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, it just feels so. Like I kind of, I, I kind of like some of the imagery, like, like just the "so I walked away all perfumed" felt just the same but brand new. Yeah. Like I, I, I like that idea. I just don't. I, I don't one hundred percent like get the, and anything you wrote a check for codes and clues. Is that like? Like somebody ghosted you, and you're trying to you're trying to figure out why. Do you think that's what's? I going think on? that makes sense. That's a tough thing. Like, you always want to write. You know, when you're writing anything like music or prose or whatever, you know, you, you want to try to bring your life into it. But there's a way of doing that where you do it so cryptically that people are just like, "What? What? What is this?" And you know who knows? Like uh, maybe that it, maybe that wasn't from her life at all. But that that's the way that reads to me. That like she's trying to figure out how something went down, and it just we're on the outside. You and what are we hearing? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think that's at, I think anything introspective like that is hard for someone who's not in the situation to to decode unless it's spelled out pretty plainly. Yeah, but. uh but it does, as I was listening to it, I was trying to piece together what what was going on. And I just, it, it was it, like I'd get a, I'd feel like I was on the right track. And then I would kind of, like, 
I don't know. I just didn't. It didn't uh, didn't click for me right away. Yeah, and so that that's that's a tough thing too, because like, so if the song doesn't hook you musically and it doesn't really let you in lyrically, you're just kind of left with like, what what do we got here? I was really hit by as I was typing my notes up for this, how many like individual note items were just repeats of notes that were in the same doc that I was reusing. You know, the slow start, it sounds like a movie. She sounds like she's choosing not to sing or play with much passion. Drums come in and sound good. Like, I it, I don't know. Like, it's just very same. Yeah, it's that's kind of what the album album feels like. And it, uh, so I, I guess not totally dissimilar from the way I feel about Jay Farrar. Yeah. If if I could play guitar like she can, I would do nothing else. Yeah. Like I would rock all the time because she's amazing at it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, maybe when you're, I do think one of the, you know, you probably don't want to turn into, you know, one of those like guitar prodigies that yeah. just does 12 minute guitar solos. So perhaps this is how you learn that balance. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, this is another refrain that we keep going back to. Like, I think she eventually finds a way out of that because, like, you know, her last two albums just have fucking rad guitar strewn all over them. You know, and I think she figured out how to use that skill without being Joe Satriani. Um, But I guess it takes some time. Yeah, I wonder what Casino Joe Satriani is playing at these days. <laughs> Man, okay, this this is a total sidetrack, but I was driving through St. Paul the other night, and you know, there's the Treasure Island Casino, like yeah, electronic billboard, and it said, uh, you know, like there's always some band up there that you just feel sad for, like oh fuck, Air Supply is still together, oh. Um, I was driving by there, and it said Wilco and Trampled by Turtles. Ooh, it's just like ah. Hopefully, that's outside. I think I think it is, but still. Say what you will about Annie Clark. I don't think we will ever see Saint Vincent at Treasure Island Casino. Join us next month for the still living members of Badfinger. But yeah, so I mean, get, getting back to the, the whole album, I don't know, maybe this kind of turns into a preemptive postmortem, but like this whole album to me feels like it sits in this weird spot where if someone you knew handed you a, a home burned CD with this on it and they were, um, you know, and they were like, I recorded this, you'd be like, hey, this is pretty good. But, uh, you know, like as as a standalone artistic statement from an established artist, it's just kind of feels like a lot of raw dough with a couple of good spots in it. Yeah, I mean, it, it you just don't you you don't see the Monet fuck ups, right? You yeah. just you see the finished product. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know, and and I mean, like my my pushback against that on my own is maybe I'm not being fair because like. The fact that so many of the songs on here have these same elements, you know, it sounds to me like she's definitely got some kind of musical agenda here. Like she's playing with ideas 
And it, maybe it's just that like she's all in on a bunch of ideas that just aren't my thing. And you know, like lots of people do that. Like that, that's that's most music, honestly. Uh, it, it, it's just weird in this case because she, we know she's eventually going to get around to things that are very much my thing. Yeah, I guess I'm more tolerant of it when it's early in someone's career. Yeah. Well, not to not to flog the proverbial dead horse of Wilco, but uh, you know, like Schmilko, you know, like. It's better to get your bad ideas out yep. early rather than like build up to them. Yeah. I uh oh damn it. I had I had something I really wanted to say. Now it's gone. I don't know. It's, it's this is a this is not parallel at all, but it's remember when and I think we talked about this, when Kiss did those shows for a while without the makeup on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like why? You know, like <laughs> I'm going to just do something totally different. Like, just not my thing. Because they were serious artists, man. Yeah, but they're not. Like, they're... they're I mean, they, maybe they are, but they're... You know, like, they're Kiss. Like, people go to see Kiss for the flames and yeah. the pyrotechnics and the makeup. No one there is like, ooh, I gotta, I gotta hear... It's like, I want to hear Paul Stanley play a 12-string. <laughs> gotta hear what this man really has to say. I remember what I was going to say a minute ago. So, like, when we started this album, you know, we, we did our research and looked up contemporaneous reviews and, you know, read her, you read her, like, 10-year res- retrospective thing. And, like, it's really clear that other people in 2009 heard this and were like, this is someone to keep an eye on. This is going somewhere. And I got to hand it to everybody who did that because, like, you know, I, I, I remember 2009 and, like, this wasn't on my radar at all. And, like, had I heard it, I don't. Unless I just happened to catch actor out of work, you know, I might have twigged on that. But like the rest of this, I don't know that I would have been like, "Ooh, she's she's going places." Yeah, I don't think you can beat yourself up too much about that. No, it, and it, plus it's it's kind of, and I have this with a lot of different music. It's kind of when you find it is yeah. important as well because it's uh, different things click for you. Like this would not have clicked for me in you know nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. Um, but it 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 starts to click for me now, and the later albums really click for me. So it, yeah, it's kind of it, it's this weird thing of not only what you're experiencing, but when you're experiencing it. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I for me, it's you know, th- there's a strong element of that, and then there's a strong element of I just you know, if, if people had the foresight to hear this and, and know it was going somewhere like i i salute them for their ears i guess the other side of that coin is when i was in college i had this job working on a land survey crew yeah uh-huh. and this guy who i guess was nominally my boss told me that uh that he knows a lot of people that know a lot about music and Uh-oh. collective soul was going to be the next huge band <sighs> You know, so the the man you were impersonating at the top of this podcast also thought that both wrong. <laughs> I collective soul. I when the, I remember whatever year they had their hit. I remember hearing that and thinking like, this is going to be a beer commercial in thirty years. <laughs> I'm like, I'm amazed that it hasn't been. Maybe it has been. I guess and I haven't. I just you know like some sometimes it's it's a function of the number of swings you take too right like you, yeah. you 
call out a lot of bands, one of them might hit. Yeah. Which I think unintentionally, I just paraphrased a line from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> We've all been there. I, so, I mean, like, and, and this idea of people hearing a band and thinking they're going to go somewhere. I, the weird, a weird thing with that for me right now, I guess it's dying down, but there was like this little craze, at least here, and I think it was nationwide, for fucking Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, you know, like the. I, I honestly thought Greta Van Fleet was a Led Zeppelin cover band. I did too. I think everyone did, and like, I mean, so that's the weirdest thing. Like, usually it's like, you know, you hear a promise in someone by hearing something new, and like, ooh, this might go somewhere good. Then like some asshole was just like, yeah, they sound like Led Zeppelin. We need more of this. It's uh, it's like, do you remember that '90s band Silverchair? Yes. It was like operating as just like an Aussie ripoff of Pearl Jam. Yeah. Like I feel like that's that's what I. I mean, at least Led Zeppelin's not still performing, so they're. That's true. <laughs> there is a Led Zeppelin vacuum for them to fill, but, I, you know, like one Led Zeppelin was plenty. That I I like Led Zeppelin, but. That's a hard thing to live up to. Yeah. Like if you're gonna be the. If you're going to take the mantle from Led Zeppelin in 2020, like you're probably going to end up in prison. <laughs> yes. And you're going to have to watch the fucking Lord of the Rings movies constantly <laughs> over and over. You know, so the, they should put their own spin. They should get really into like Game of Thrones mythology. <laughs> the Narnia books. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, was, I was in the wardrobe and the lion spoke to me. Yeah, I, I mean, we might need to flesh that idea out a little yeah, more. Like, I don't think it's ready right now for. Prime I don't time. know. I, I think I think we maybe workshop it a little bit. We we found the upper the upper tendril of a vein of gold. <laughs> oh, um, anything else on just the same but brand new? The only other thing I had is this. I wanted to get your take, and I know you've already said that the lyrics didn't connect for you, but. Like the second to the last line is float away dangling. Like, do, do you feel like that's like a middle finger to somebody? I didn't read it that way, but that's an interesting. To me, honestly, that makes me think of this weird thing. This is really, I makes me think of this thing that spiders do where they like put up silk strands and, uh, the wind catches it and they just kind of like float. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and I actually, I learned this from a far side cartoon, <laughs> but, uh, but that's what it makes me think of. Um, that's, that is a really good. So it's like a alt universe, uh, Charlotte's web. <laughs> exactly. The, the much weirder version. So like, I don't know. Charlotte's web is pretty weird. I suppose it is pretty hardcore. Yeah, like it's it's not all not all sun and fun. Bad things happen on the farm. Oh, but yeah. So I you you read that as a middle finger. Well, I mean, part of that's my disposition. I think I read everything <laughs> as a middle finger. <laughs> but fair enough. Uh, that's uh, I do like. I, I'll have to reflect on it now that you brought that to the table because I, I do like that better as a 
as kind of an imagery of the spider floating away, dangling. And, you know, like landing somewhere else. Like, it's just this, I'm just the same, but brand new to you. Yeah. Like that, that seems to fit better. You can think about it the next time you go running. Listen to listen to these songs. I mean, I so I have some weird stuff in my running mix, but I, for whatever reason, the Simon and Garfunkel song, The uh, Oldest Living Boy in New York, hmm. always helps me breathe really well. Fair so. enough. No, that's not really a rocker. No, that's, I mean, like, whatever works, you cannot argue with results. I, I think the takeaway, though, is that if more artists are going to get into athleisure, <laughs> like, there needs to be a Glenn Danzig athleisure line. It's just all mesh shirts. Right. You know? <laughs> just all black mesh. Well, I, I mean, like, can people like, buy it. I mean, how many, he was kind of, for, 15 years he was holding the line as the like jacked up metal guy right like you're totally right like there would be an audience for that fuck henry rollins could have like a line of just like little black shorts (laughs) extra sweat absorbent i feel like he'd still find a way to do it and be overly precious about it (laughs) There'd be like there'd be like some put down to Greg Jinn sewed into the hems. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Oh, well, should we wrap yeah. it up on this yeah. rapper? It's just as well. Okay, we are back. Uh, song two, last song of the album, last song of the night. The sequel. My first note, sequels tend not to be too essential. Zing. Rambo 2? <laughs> tend Hel- to, not Hello. Always. Yeah, that's a movie. Terminator 2? Terminator 2 is legit. Basically, if... Tempted to bait you with Ghostbusters 2, but I'm not going to. Nah. I... So, like... What do you think the best sequel is? I don't know. Aliens? Yeah. Em- no, it's is good, Empire yeah. Strikes. No, fuck. It's Wrath of Khan. It's of oh, course it's totally it's Wrath, of, Wrath of, Khan. of Khan. Yeah, that's a dumb question. There, so the, there is this thing of like, if it's a science fiction flavored sequel made between 1980 and 1985, your odds are pretty good. Yeah, it's that or Godfather Two. Those are the those yeah. are the correct answers. And then otherwise, sequels not so much. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. They're not, I'm trying to think of a, you know, it's, it's one of those things I asked the question, but then I don't have a good answer. Uh, it's, it's a koan. How do you say that word? Koan, cone? I think it's cone. Cone? Like the, <laughs> like the Japanese, like monk puzzle? Yeah. Yeah. I, the pronunciation itself is a cone. <laughs> it's very meta. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, sequels, not too essential. What a weird choice to end this album this way. It is a weird one. Um, so this is going to be unpopular with you. So I apologize in advance. But honestly, when I got done listening to this, I had a similar thought that when I listened to the Transformed Man. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not as batshit as that is, <laughs> but I had that same like like. What did I just listen to? 
I mean, like, thankfully, St. Vincent doesn't cut into, like, a terrible cover of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, but, <laughs> like, that was kind of, yeah, that was the thought I had, which sucks, because I really like St. Vincent, and I really don't like the Transformed Man. Uh, you know, the Transformed Man is what it is. It's, oh, uh, just a public service, It the Transformed Man is available on Spotify. Oh. If you want to see what happens when you combine like a shit ton of psychedelic drugs and a massive ego. You know, I mean, we were just talking about Wrath of Khan. Like, if you want to really get the Shatner experience. So if you don't know what Transformed Man is, William Shatner's fucking insane solo album um, where he claims he was abducted by aliens. <laughs> I think he just did a lot of drugs and... Recorded, ba- it's it's almost all. It's er- like spoken word, and then he he, he it, reads a couple poems. Is it all like other people's poems and songs? Is there I anything think so. there? Um, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, the ones that you hear, well, I mean, you don't hear them, but the ones that you listen to are like his version of Mister Tambourine Man. Yeah, where he's just like like a crazy person singing, he's screaming, <laughs> Mister Tambourine Man, Mister Tambourine Man. <laughs> fucking saccharine version of uh it was a very good year yeah. when i was 17 right was... yeah it's like he just creeps out on that for a while <laughs> okay but so it's, the... it's a wild ride i mean it's 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 like nothing like i'm amazed he got that thing recorded uh, money you know like if you've got <laughs> money for studio time i so <sighs> I do think that album is kind of great. Like if you like great might be aggressive. No, like in, in the very specific circumstance of you alter your brain some way and you're like, I'm going on the journey. Like, it's pretty funny. It, uh, it's funny. Yeah. It's. I, but oh, go ahead. I, I just, w- I wouldn't be throwing great as my descriptor. I, it, of it's it. a very niche. Great. It's, it's great in, it's great on one degree. I do think he is It's later... like living in Captain Beefheart's brain. <laughs> some some Beefheart super fan is going to come after you for that. Bring it on. I do think uh, Shatner's then much later collabo with Ben Folds, who I normally don't like, but when they cover that Pulp song, Common People, that's legit really good. Like... I, that that somehow is like this perfect use of Chatner's terrible music ability. <laughs> it's like this perfect meeting of man and content. I just picture the sessions for that being like they put the tape on and the producer's like, "What is going on? Like, just <laughs> just let him go. He's rolling. Just let him go." I don't know why. And this is like well, this is far into the weeds. That just reminds me of like one of the. One of my favorite really stupid comedy videos is this thing someone did. It's easy to find on YouTube. <laughs> Where it's uh, a faux documentary of Rick Rubin recording another like back to basics, uh, you know, Rootsy album with Ray Stevens, the street guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. It's, it's fucking brilliant. So one of the things that that you said that kind of stuck with me is that uh, like if you could get studio time, oh. um, have you ever read that book? How music got free? 
No. Uh, so it was kind of interesting just about the development of the MP3 and how it changed the, how it, it, it changed kind of the course of, of the way music is consumed and distributed. Yeah. And that was a thing. Like people needed record companies to get studio time and distribution. Sure. And both of those things have sort of gone to the wayside, right? Like yeah. you're, you can record a perfectly good album now uh, on, you know, GarageBand. Right. Like that's you. Yeah. I mean, you can, it's just nuts. Like we've, you know, we're recording this show on equipment that's, you know, like it's not like, it's not what Annie Clark is recording her albums on now, but it's higher fidelity than anything the Beatles ever had. Yeah. It just is an interesting, like in our lifetime, not even our lifetime, I mean, the last 20 years, yeah. the shift that's taken place in, in that arena is amazing. It is. It's, it's great. Well, and I mean, like just as a person recording music on my own, you know, like in, I, when I came up in the nineties, the big thing was like, okay, we're going to make a demo. We're going to, you know, like you're going to try and get signed. It's all about like winning the love of a label. And like when I talk to people now who are making music, they're just like, "Why the fuck do I want a label? Like, what, what are they gonna do for me? Like, I can, you know, I can sell my music through Bandcamp. I, I can record my own music. I can distribute it through Bandcamp. I can pay a little to get it onto Spotify. Yeah, you know, it, like that. It just has been a. There's also an interesting bit, and I did not know this, but uh, the major record labels at the time engaged in some like collusion to keep the price of the CD at like $15 lovely in like the music land, Sam Goody tower record days. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great system for everybody. And so like, like their whole goal was to keep, to keep the CD revenue flowing. Sure. Um, so they were really, really worried about this. Like, this like you know, electronic distribution media. And one of the cool things, and I don't know how he got all this information, but, uh, but a lot of the music that ended up like pre-released online was all done by this one guy who worked in a CD factory in one of the Carolinas. Really? Yeah. But he released some ungodly, it was a universal records plant. Was this like Napster era or right after Napster? So he did it as a like, so they had this sort of black market of this really small group that would, that would trade things. Okay. So like you had to have something to give to get into this group. But yeah. so he would bring these like pre-released CDs or pre-released records before they came out. Yeah. And in exchange, he would get like, Movies that like first run okay. movies or software that he would then go sell. So it was like this crazy, like dark economy. Yeah. It's fascinating. Is, that, fascinating book. That sounds like a, yeah, it sounds like a hell of a book. Yeah. Um, so the book review portion of the show is over. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and so like to bring it back to the sequel, I, this song is just, to me, this feels like such an afterthought that it maybe makes more sense to talk about just a book about music. Like, there's just, there's not much here. It's like analyzing a soap bubble. And, you know, what is there is it, 
has the early St. Vincent problem of being kind of mannered and bloodless and you know like so I read book review round two I read Prince's memoir since we taped last time and I I remember like we brought him up before as an example of a person who like makes albums where he's recording you know all the things and he talks about that in his memoir that like if you're gonna do that you need to have this like psychotic break as you record all the parts so that each time each part you record you're convinced that you're that guy and this is your only chance to make a mark on the record um and maybe that's why like prince's records where he's playing everything sounds so good because you know he is freaking himself out each time and like you know with the Annie Clark songs on these first two albums where she's playing everything, it really does sound like it's just a person being like, well, okay, I can fit this part in here. And then if I attach this in here, it'll add up. And you know, like it, it, I don't think she has that. Like I'm convincing myself that I'm a person who's doing this make or break bass part. I yeah. And I think, I think part of it is just, and this is what she gets really, really good at is just like, like, I'm sure she put her heart and soul into the lyrics and the music of this album. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that at all. But there's also a part of conveying that to the audience. And I think that's what yeah. she gets really good at is making you feel what she's feeling. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to this, like, it's just, you know, you're just kind of like watching a tableau where nothing's happening. You don't, at least I don't feel that much most of the time. Um, Actor out of work, I felt something. Yeah, that's a great song. Otherwise, not so much. This one, I mean, like, so I've got this note that, like, you know, so this song is super short. It just trails away, so there's not even that much there. When it is there, it's like she's singing, and she's, like, got these structured vocal parts, and she's got strings and winds following her voice, and it just, it sounds like a an assignment in, like, some kind of grad music seminar. You know, it sounds more like an exercise than than an art project. And I don't know, that ain't for me. I don't cotton to it. This is a this is a giant aside, but I had a boss who uh, who used to pick a punctuation theme for his uh, <laughs> papers. So he would pick like the semicolon. And he would just use a shit ton of semicolons. <laughs> so I mean, maybe that's what you're that's what you're seeing. It's like a, an intellectual exercise of. I'm trying to decide if you're describing like a hero or a monster. It's a fine line. It really is. I I know. He's a he's a he's a brilliant guy. He's I mean he's one of the smartest people I've ever met. I. So I wasn't consciously doing that, but I know that there was a point in grad school when I just like came to an agreement with myself that I would limit myself to one semicolon per paragraph. Like that was, you know, cause like, like a gentleman. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> the two gentlemanly halves of my brain shook, shook tweed enclosed sleeved hands and said one semicolon. More than that is too many. Yeah, just just show that you know how to use it properly, and then uh, yeah. you know, exit the discussion. But I mean, like you know, I, I just I was 
before that, I was accidentally running that guy's program, I guess. But yeah, fucking one in every sentence. Well, you, I mean, every sentence. You, you could, you, you, you can use them quite liberally. Oh. Just likely people are going to think you're an asshole if you do that. <laughs> Fair enough. I also, okay, this is completely weird. I remember being a kid and I was like super into cats. The uh, musical, right? <laughs> not the musical. Um, I remember reading a, uh, so reading a book about cats from the Blair Public Library that like was telling you, you could tell what gender a kitten was by lifting its tail. And if it looked like a colon, it was, I don't remember which way it came out, but it was like, if it looks like a colon, it's a boy. If it's a semicolon, it's a girl. Maybe it was the other way around. I, it's almost got to be the other way around, right? Probably. I. I don't you know. know. This is. I haven't uh, looked at enough cats behind. Clearly, we're talking like forty-year-old cat lore here. <laughs> anyway. Um, what? I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What kind, of, what kind of backwater logic is that? <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes sometimes you need to know what gender a kitten is and, you know, all you have is punctuation. I don't know what part of this is confusing you. It's like the farmer's almanac for people who can't read. I think that is literally what was going on. This book was probably from the farmer's almanac press. Oh. Well, I feel like we've sufficiently... Uh, we've sufficiently... Gone, gone a field here. Yeah, I did have one like yeah. vaguely substantive point, maybe. Um, so I just I was thinking about like the songs on actor that. So the recurring thing, like with this song and the one before it, and most of the songs on actor that didn't ring with me. There's this thing that like I listen to them, and I listen to them a bunch of times, and then I walk away and like I can't remember them at all. And I think it's, it made me realize that like, maybe that's why, you know, pop in quote, like poppier rock songs are so repetitive and built around really strong melodic hooks just to make it easier for your brain to like store them. Um, you know, like I think a lot of the songs on this album <sighs> are probably intentionally, you know, not that way. And that sounds like a laudable goal, like in the abstract, but like functionally then like, you know, our brains like these things for a reason. And, you know, without the things that make it easy for your brain to hold onto a piece of music, like it just slips out of your hands. And I mean, I think the Pixies kind of make the case where you can, you can have a, you can have, melodic hooks and and also have a really substantive music sure well i mean like you know I, to do again the the looking at the future thing like buddy holly i mean yeah well, uh, mass seduction is uh, just yeah. i mean fuck yeah mass seduction has a lot of those yeah i yeah. i mean everything from strange mercy on are like shorter songs with like repetitive bits that like, okay, I remember this, you know, it's the one that goes da 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 and there's just she wasn't doing that here, and I think that's why this album just 
floats off like a spider ballooning on silk. <laughs> Callback. Jeez. I, you know, I realize this is a podcast and you can't see Keith's face, but the level of how proud he was of himself, <laughs> that callback was, was, was very, very impressive. That's, that's right. That's why the man's a professional. <laughs> I think my lifetime podcasting income is, you know, I, I think. Yeah, mine rhymes with hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think. I think podcasting is the one area where I've made less music than I have, or less money than I have with music. Yeah, martial arts. <laughs> Never tried. Yeah. See. You know. Oh. Um. I don't know. So like, I've got this note. You know, my closing note here is just album wrap up. But I feel like I've said. I think we've done that though. We've we've yeah. wrapped. Yeah, we know where we stand. We came. We saw. We kicked its ass. <laughs> I, that's a good line. Like, that's I never fantastic. Really appreciated what a good it's line fantastic. that is. Fantastic. <laughs> it's a good movie. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Actor, like, so I had an interesting conversation with our friend Mark the other night, um, where he did, he did commit the faux pas of revealing that he's not listening to the show. But, you know, he said, like, architect well, lawyers, man. Fuck those guys. Uh, but he asked, like, so where are you guys at? And I said, we're on actor. And he's like, you know, I really like her. And, like, I have never listened to, like, she only exists from Strange Mercy forward. And, like, I think that's not an uncommon view. That yeah. that was me before we started this. Like, that was. Yeah. Huh. So next time around, you know, it's like. <laughs> We come out of the map, the area of the map that's full of dragons and like start getting into like parts where there's actually some shit drawn into the map, which is a really weird metaphor because it's implying that we started. I don't know. It doesn't hold up. Bad metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, I am Keith. You can find me on Twitter. Um, at Keith Pilly. Um, and I'm Chad Cook. Uh, I am also on Twitter at Cook6252. It's a big week for me. I, uh, I think I uh, responded to two tweets. Holy shit. I know. People <laughs> coming at you over the show? Uh, no. Uh, mainly just me making fun of Keith or um, <laughs> you know, liking something he said. Uh, I, I guess we. this is not related to the show, but uh, one of the things Keith posted was this listing of the top 100 punk songs. That was pretty interesting. And I don't know who came up with that list because that that was a... Well, so it was from Sound Magazine. So I guess it's a British magazine and it was from 1981. So like what made it interesting was there was like the specific time and place. But yeah, but like, there were like four bands on it. Right. It was so fucking weird. Like why even have a list? And like, like, hey, listen to these four bands. <laughs> right? It was very weird. I mean, but, there should not be that many, like, there are not that many Dead Kennedy songs in the canon. That I was, when I, when I like confirmed that that was a British list, I was honestly fucking floored that the Dead Kennedys were that big a deal in the UK in 1981. Like, just, if you had asked me, you know, I would have gotten that 
completely wrong. They were bigger than The Clash, according to that list. Yeah, and The Clash songs they picked. They didn't even pick... It was like the dog shit <laughs> Clash songs. I mean, they're, uh, and maybe did Guns of Brixton come, come on after 1981? No. Like, how can, that not, how can that not be your... Your top, your top punk rock clash song. Readers of Sound Magazine when we were in grade school were stupid people. Jesus. Oh. Anyway, see, so if you follow us on Twitter, this is the kind of content you get. You, you need in on this. Um, we would love to hear from you on Twitter or any other way. If there's anything about the show you like or don't like. Um, you know this by now, but please tell people if you dig the show. If you have not left a review, it really does help us because that is what the algorithms use to decide what to show people if someone goes to iTunes and says, St. Vincent, what's there? Um, so yeah, thanks again. Talk to you soon. And uh, next time around, we get into Strange Mercy. Things are going to get way more positive. It's creepy as hell. Creepy motherfucker. York.